Welcome back, Cracked fans, to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. As I mentioned on yesterday's show, have the immense privilege this week of getting to take part in the Zoom press conferences following the matches at the 2020 Ostrava Open. That meant yesterday we got the chance to speak with six of the players in action there, and we've got more commentary from them on today's podcast today. I have already had the opportunity to sit down with Maria Sakari, Victoria Azarenka, and Elisa Mertens following their Friday matches. Now, the cool part about the Sakari and interview. It's about seven minutes of uninterrupted questions between me and her, the media team at Ostrava, kind enough to set that up. And so I think you all are really going to enjoy that conversation. Of course, a Vika Azarenka press conference, always going to be jam-packed with journalists. So not as many questions in on that one, but incredible answers from Vika about how her serve has been so effective, what you know is motivating her at this stage of her career. I think you all are really going to enjoy these. And then, of course, Elisa Mertens, who lost the match to Azarenka today. Still, she's arguably, arguably been one of the top 10, maybe even top 5 best players during this 2020 season. So great to hear her reflect on that a little bit. You can even hear, you know, the joy in her voice. Is she a little bit disappointed she lost today? Of course. But, you know, she has a lot to be excited about. So really looking forward to all of you listeners hearing those questions, hearing those thoughts, of course. Of course, I just want to quickly say the reason we are able to do these things at Cracked Rackets, such as be home to be on these Zoom press conferences, because of the support we get from our sponsors at Midwest Sports and Aerobar. Go to MidwestSports.com, use the promo code CR15 for all of your equipment needs. Go to Aerobar.com, use the promo code Cracked15 to get yourself an order of the only tennis-specific energy bar in the business. Of course, I will also quickly say, if you want to hear a further recap of all of Thursday's matches or just all the action going on right now across the tennis world be sure to go check out our mini break podcast also had a couple of really fun conversations with Ben Rothenberg and Brett McCormick this week on the Great Shot podcast about the biggest storylines confronting the professional tennis world moving forward and of course that ATP strategic plan laid out by Andrea Gaudenzi for the tour's future but with that in mind here are my conversations with Maria Sakari, Victoria Azarenka, and then Elisa Mertens. You can hear me, Maria? Yes, I can. Cool. Congratulations on the victory today. Um, I want to start with that match. Uh, you talked about a little bit earlier. It was really two different matches. You win mm-hmm. 11 of the last 12 games. And I'm curious, down 6-3, 3-1, it looked like you did start to play more aggressively. It looked like you started to take more chances. You know, what were you able to do? And I guess, why, you know, why were you, why did you have to change your tactics at that point in the match? Actually, to be honest, I was not trying to be aggressive after the 6-3, 3-1. I was trying to make, uh, bring, uh, you know, bring the rhythm a little bit down and slower because I, like, I felt like she was just using my pace. So I was trying you know, to throw in a bit of a slice, like some slices, high balls, uh, just take off some pace, as I said. And I think it worked well. Yeah, I would agree with you there. I'm yeah. also curious. She throws in a lot of drop shots. How? Yeah, do you I want to know the number. 
to be honest. Yeah, it, it was up there for sure. And, you know, how do you maintain your composure? Because certainly as a tennis player, probably nothing more frustrated than getting drop shotted. Well, it's my favorite thing to run. Uh, so I don't, I don't mind running on, it on a drop shot. I, I know that there are, there are high chances that I will lose the point, but um, one of my strengths is my speed. And I feel like they can, if, if they want to drop shot me, they can, they can do it. I will, I will be there to get them. Mm -hmm. I also noticed you started to throw in a few drop shots yourself at the end. Was yep. that you know, a conscious choice just to mix up the rhythm? Well, for sure. I mean, I think everyone's using drop shots in, the, in that surface. Uh, you know, it has a good outcome. Um, and especially when you push your opponent out wide or back on the court, it's just, you know, a good, good thing to do. Um, yeah. That's mm -hmm. it. You, you had a backhand drop volley you made today. I saw a oh, smile yeah. to your coach <laughs> after that one. Uh, that smile have anything particular behind it or just felt good in the moment? No, it felt good. It felt like, um, you know, quite, quite sharp, quite good. Um, uh, you know, it was like a, I don't usually win a lot of points in the net. It's something that I want to, you know, develop in my game. But, you know, doing a really good drop volley winner in an important, you know, moment of the match was kind of like, you know, good thing. <laughs> Yeah, no, it was very fun to watch. One for the highlight reels. Um, you know, I'm curious for you, you mentioned this, you're playing really well right now. And obviously this 2020 schedule, unlike any season schedule in the past, is it at all frustrating to you to have to switch back into off-season mode knowing, you know, again, you've got some momentum on your side right now. Would you, do you wish there were, you know, maybe a month more to this season? Um... Well, of course, I would want to have more tournaments to play. But then if we had more tournaments, that wouldn't give us a lot of time to prepare for Australia, even though, you know, people would say, ah, oh, we had six months. That's, that's different. Um, yeah, we had six months or five. I don't know how, how long exactly. But um, I don't mind, to be honest, having, you know, a couple of weeks off and then just back to training and then off to Australia. No, that uh, I mean, hopefully we are able to go to Australia at the beginning yeah. of the season. Um, I want to switch gears for my last couple of questions because, you know, as someone also born in 1995, 25 years old, I don't feel old by any means, right? If someone said, hey, you're old news, I'd slap them in the face. And so, you know, it does <laughs> Me seem... Too. Yeah, exactly. And so for you, you know, players like Annette and Elisa, who's on court, obviously you guys have all had incredible years. And yet there always is this narrative, the Kennans, the Osakas, all these 21 yep. year old and under stars. They're great. But, you know, do you still feel at 24, you've got, you know, you, you have yet to reach your best level of tennis. Do you feel more like you're an established veteran at this point or that you're still challenging to reach the top of the game? I think the names that you mentioned, um, you know, it's it's funny enough because Elise and Annette were players that, um, Elise especially, I know her since I was 11. So it's quite nice, you know, to, to be playing on that level with her and all these other girls at my age. But I think that, you know, uh, okay, we haven't had a Grand Slam title yet. Um, but I think the fact that we have kind of like a stable um, you know, um, rhythm in every single tournament. And it's not like 
you know, a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. Gives us a big chance of winning uh, a major, you know, uh, anytime soon or later. Um, it doesn't really matter when you win it, as long as you win it. Um, so I think personally, I'm feeling just because of the fact that I came in late, uh, I was, you know, I wasn't playing that good before the twenties. Um, the fact that I'm 25, getting more mature and more, um, how can I say, experienced, um, you know, gives me confidence that now I'm into the best time of my career. So from now on, we go and see what happens. Yeah. Well, then with that in mind, my last question for you, you mentioned some of the things such as moving forward, but as you look towards this off season, what Mm -hmm. are the things you want to improve in your game? What are the things you need to do to get yourself to that next step, top 15, top 10? And, you know, you made two fourth rounds this year, but doing that consistently at the slams. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, of course, my movement towards the net is a thing that we already started working uh, on it with Tom. Um, my slice, of course, keep on um, working on my serve because I have I have had sorry good results and good um, development on that. Um, and of course, there's many other things that I want to work on. Uh, it's just these are the main things that I do want to you know develop. Mm-hmm. Now you got to keep some keep some secrets to yourself. I get it. Of course, but obviously, of course. yes. You know how it is. Yeah. Thank, thank you so much, and uh, good luck tomorrow. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Congratulations on the win, Vika. Um, one of the things you've done so well since the tour restarted in August is your first serve and how effective it has been. And I believe today you made something like 83% of your first serves, 172% of those points. Can you talk a little bit about what uh, makes what your what has made your serve so effective? And then also, is that something you are focusing on? What does you know making that first serve allow you to do on court? Well, I think uh, the awareness of how to use some of your shots is very important. And I think I've been told so many times in my life that my surf sucks. And that's far from, from, from the truth. So you kind of develop that hesitation of accepting uh, your shot as a weapon or at least as a, I will say, an assist to making making a shot. So um that i think that the mentality of approach to my surf has been has been uh really um the most of uh i would say like noticeable um and then some technical parts are obviously what um what has helped me to understand and how i can focus and kind of remember the consistency of it um a lot of it like as I said, you know, is, is taking kind of your ego of I know everything and being able to accept the things that you want to learn, especially at my at the stage of my career where I think I've done quite few successful things where I can say I know things, you know, but um, that that was also very helpful. And but mainly is to understand how to use and have that mentality of, um, you know, 
understanding when to use, uh, I don't know, bigger serve, what, the variety, but the consistency of it is, uh, is a big key for sure. Mm -hmm. And to talk about your mentality, there does seem to just be a freedom you're playing with now. And I wonder if you are feeling that on court, whether, you know, it's a big point and you, there just seems to be, you're kind of like, well, F it, I'm going to go for the big serve here. Is that something you are consciously feeling out there? Do you feel loose in all of these matches? Well, that's exactly sometimes the sentence that I, <laughs> that I use <laughs> to be to be completely honest. Uh, but in 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 the in the bigger scale of things, I think it comes way before the tennis court is to be able to kind of feel free to do what you do and not because I think that the tightness and the uh, um, pressure and stuff comes more of your own expectation and expectation of a result. And I think we forget to focus on execution. So I'm more focused on what I need to do rather than what's going to come out because in one, in one way, I don't know what's going to happen. And I don't necessarily have that much control of what's going to happen because also you face someone who's going to try to do where, what, you don't know what's what's coming so it's more it's more of that and really enjoying being able to not be afraid of failing i think for a long period of time for probably the most of my career i am afraid of failing and um, you don't want to look bad in front of people you don't want to make a bad mistake and and that's what i feel holds me back from or anybody to to do greater things Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, on that, my last question for you, we always hear from great athletes because, you know, you have nothing left to prove at this point. You've done anything anyone could ever want to accomplish within this sport. Now at this stage, you know, you come into an event like this unseated. And I know that's a little thing, but are those the little sort of slights or the little tools you turn to for motivation to get yourself going at this point? The fact that you're unseated despite, you know, how good you have been since the restart? Well, I am seated here. I'm actually seated number four. And for the first time in many years, I had to buy. So that was a nice little surprise for me. Uh, but in terms of other tournaments, um, you know, I think seating is a bit overrated to me. I think it does help maybe in some, in some rounds, sometimes where you maybe don't want to face, you know, a top player in the first round. But ultimately, you have to beat people all kinds of players on your way to the championship. So um, I don't necessarily feel that way. And my motivation doesn't come, definitely doesn't come from proving to people. I think I've done this mistake for so long that it cost me my inner, you know, confidence and peace and, and happiness that uh, thankfully I've learned how to detach myself from that. Well, congratulations. Great performance today. Thank you. Thank you. talked about this a little bit yesterday, a step up for you from the U.S. Open performance. What went well for you during that first set? Uh, and then ultimately, though, why do you think the match went the way it did? Um, well, it was a close first set. Um, yeah, I think uh, I tried to play, play more aggressive, I come to the net a little bit more, and that kind of helped. But, uh, you know, she's in the rhythm, so it's difficult to find solutions against her. 
um, but I tried to step up my game, uh, which I did better than last time. No, definitely. It was a really high level match. And for you to play an opponent two times in a six week stretch, is that something you enjoy to get multiple looks at the same opponent? Or is it difficult to face the same player over and over again? Um, I mean, it's the draw. So, but uh, I don't mind playing. I don't mind playing her twice or three times or a lot of times. Um, I think I, I learned a lot uh, from the last encounter, so I'm happy that I did better. And of course, I still need that little step to to get the win, but uh, that will take some time. Yeah, no, and I mean, I think I can hear it in your voice, if you don't mind me saying. You seem so you know, positive, so uh, upbeat after a loss like this. I'm sure that has to do with the fact that, again, it's been a spectacular 2020 season for you. And as you reflect on the year, you know, what will you take away? What steps forward did you make this season that you are most proud of? Um, of course, I'm a little disappointed with the loss, but I think uh, I'm trying to see the positives and that's what my mindset is also about. Uh, I think you really have to look at the things you can improve. And um, I think I was, I was mentally strong during those three months, trying to learn from my mistakes, from my losses. And I think that's really important. Mm -hmm. No, it's been excellent. My last question would be then, you know, I'm sure you're going to be working on a lot of things, but if there's one thing in particular fans of Elise Merton should be looking for from you from the 2021 season, what are you going to be focused on this off season? Well, I think um, the way I'm playing, um, of course, things can improve, but I think the way I'm playing, I feel comfortable playing. Um, yeah, I went a little bit out of my comfort zone to come to the net sometimes to, to do things that I normally don't do. So I think just working out of the comfort zone would be a big one. Mm -hmm. Well, congratulations. Great season. Thank you. Hope all of you enjoyed my conversations with Maria Sakari, Victoria Azarenka, and Elisa Mertens. A huge shout-out to the three of them for their thoughtful answers, and a huge shout-out, of course, to the entire Ostrava media team uh, being able to facilitate all of this access during a global pandemic. Can't imagine it's very easy, and yet they've made it all look so seamless, so shout-out to the team over there. Uh, of course, hopefully I'll have the chance to ask questions of our later matches today. I know Jennifer Brady's hopping in the press room fairly shortly. Uh, I believe that, you know, uh, following, of course, the matchup between uh, Victor uh, at Arena Sabalenka, excuse me, and Sarah Cerebez-Tormo, uh, we will get to speak with the winner of that match as well. So be on the lookout for that podcast on your feed later in the day. Of course, again, if you have missed any of our coverage of the action this week, check out the Mini Break podcast, check out the Great Shot podcast, and of course, check out our website, CrackedRackets.com, where you can find all of our content, what we're doing on the pods, what we're doing written-wise. Of course, Luke Moore had a really fun article ranking Rafa's 20 Grand Slam victories, the most impressive uh, of them to the least impressive. think all of you will enjoy that. And then, of course, again, you can find all of that on our website, CrackedRackets.com. For the more immediate updates, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, it's at CrackedRackets. You want to message me directly, I'm at GreatShotPod. Shout out, as always, to our super producers, Max Fligner and Daniel Westoff for the f 
of an any job they do day in day out shout out of course as well again to our friends over at Midwest Sports and Aerobar go to midwestsports.com use that promo code CR15 go to aerobar.com use the promo code cracked15 but with that being said for our phenomenal guests our wonderful super producers Max Fligner and Daniel Westoff our friends at Midwest Sports and Aerobar and all of us here at both Cracked Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network I'm your host Alex Gruskin you've been listening to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast stay safe stay healthy and we'll see you all next time thanks everyone Thank you.